The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Boys and girls, this is the Undisputed Era. Adam Cole, Kylo Riley, Roderick Strong, and you're listening to Going In Raw, baby. Hey guys, this is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up, it's your girl, Sasha Banks, Legit Foster, and you are watching Going In Raw. You like that? Hey, friendos, and Larson, also Cal, and welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to, found right here, youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson, I'm trying to man like two computers at once, uh, and available anywhere fine podcasts are found, also on the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson, uh, got all sorts of great reward tiers, including $20, which I would speculate, nay, guarantee is best value. You get comic book. You can't really see the posters. There's one over here, top notch. Oh, yeah, you can. Mecha Santa. It's all covered with stuff. Posters. That's beautiful posters, I must say. You guys have beautiful posters. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, comic book stickers, uh, postcard with Steve and I's name written on them uh, by us. We don't hire anybody to do that work. It's, it's we you, do it all ourselves. Yeah, I've noticed. Um, Man. Every, every package shipped from our facility here uh, is packed and shipped. Well, mostly by Steve now. He doesn't like, he, like, we used to pack all the stuff in our back room here, and they took all that stuff home. And, like, I can, I'm more than happy to help ship stuff. And he's like, no, nah, it's easier if I do it. So he wants to do all the work. Everything's touched by Steve's yeah. little hands. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all, when any of the friendos get stuff, it's Steve's, Steve's hands. Steve's paws, yeah. Steve's so paws are all it over it. Absolutely. Um, also, still going on right now, sale going on at Pro Wrestling Tees. Here's graphic. Wait. There's graphic. Wow. Uh, sales going on till the 8th, which I believe is Monday, if my uh, concept of space and time is correct. Uh, 20% off uh, everything using promo code AMERICA. You can see up top here, if you're watching this in video, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw. We got the pizza logo, Friendo Fest logo, uh, top seller, the Slow Wolf shirt. Hey, you're not me. You're not me. And also Cal, he has shop there too. Yes, I do. Just go to ProWrestlingTees.com slash CalJack. K-L-J-A-K. You know why, kids? You know why, friendos? That's the way it's spelled that way. No Cs. And I'll say it once. I'll say it again. We're not average. Nobody's we don't average. need to put Cs in things. And, yeah, that's where you want. And, look, I got one of my shirts on right now. You Beautiful. Know? Hey, I don't normally, you know, in the business, you don't want to be the guy caught always wearing your merch. But for the sake of this sale, I'm going to be wearing my Caljack shirts. This will probably be the last day I'll yeah, wear anything last day Caljack. Tour. Yeah. So, hey, you know, please, I'm, I'm doing this to show you guys. I have stuff. I have merch. And it's good stuff. It's Yeah, it's, it's you know, good art. I just I uploaded a couple new shirts. You know, if you guys are curious, got to go, go to the website. Check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Cowjack. By all means, yes. The one I have the shirt that you can kind of maybe see. Yeah, it's the, the one in the middle. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's comfy. It looks great. I've gotten several compliments on it. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, uh, highly recommend getting yourself some Cowjack gear now before he's like one of the biggest wrestlers in the world. And, uh, you know, like 
is all, all stuff on WB Shop. This you don't want to regret it. You want to do it now before something big happens. There you go. And I'm not telling you when, or not if, but when. When, when. it happens. It's going to happen, kids. When. Come on, friendos. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, uh, we got a new uh, YouTube channel member. I'll do some Patreon shout-outs to a uh, new channel member, Elliot White. Thank you very much. Let me see if we've got any new patrons real quick, and we'll get to the news. Nope, no one new. All right. That's out of the way. Let's get to the news now. News. So I woke up this morning. How was your fourth, by the way? Uh, you know, my fourth was very low-key. Usually my family, we go up to Lake Tahoe mm -hmm. and enjoy the fireworks there. Unfortunately, I was not able to make it this year, but if I can't celebrate, I go work out. There you go. So I went to the gym, my little private gym that I have. I went there and I got a good little workout. Good. Felt pretty good. And then I had a... Uh, you know, decent little burger I made on my own. And the thing is, guys, I'm trying to diet down. I'm trying to lose some weight here. I'm doing the keto diet. I had a very keto-friendly meal. It was good. So it was nice. How was yours, by the way? It was good. It was it was a long day. Um, we So I decided I was going to make some ribs. Nice. Um, and so I did that. So that's like a four-hour. If you slow cook them, that's like a four-hour commitment. That was going to say, how'd you grill. prepare them? Yeah, on the grill. On the I grill? Just, I don't have a smoker anymore, so I just smoke them. I just okay. slow cook them on the You're grill. You wrap it in tinfoil. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Just indirect heat. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, did that. Went to a neighborhood gathering. Then went to a friend's house. Uh, he had a bunch of pyrotechnics. Um, had a lot of ribs. A little bit of beer. And... Oh, yeah, there was a. I found a really good IPA from a local brewery. I'll tell you about it later. Yeah, t let me know. Um, let me get some IPAs. Yes. Uh, anyways, hope everybody else had a fun and safe Fourth of July. Yeah, as long as it was safe. Exactly. You know, that's all that matters. That's the most important thing. Stay safe, you guys. Speaking of someone who's playing safe with their career, seemingly that'd be one John Moxley. Ooh. Given his experience with WWE, he's thinking, I need to protect me, John Moxley, going forward. And uh, it seems to be the case, even with his all-elite wrestling contract. This is from Raja.com. Quote, according to a Raja.com source, John Moxley's new contract with all-elite wrestling is a three-year deal with the option for him to opt out after one year. Considering, I'm sure he signed, what, like a three-year deal? Yeah. In WB initially. And then at least a year, with at least a year left on it, he wanted out of there. He's probably thinking, man, I wish I had some sort of option at some point in this WB deal, and then I couldn't have spent this extra year uh, just uh, hating life working WB. Yep. So it, it seems to be the case where he's like, okay, I'll give this all elite business a try for a year. If it's not to my liking, I can opt out. I can go to Japan. I can go to uh, GCW. You see that, that gif of that dude doing the 630 out of the ring and putting a guy through a door? No, I didn't oh see that. Oh, my God, that was insane. Where was this at? At GCW. It's no, like, I didn't. It's no, like I a backyard show. What? Oh, it was a backyard. So, I mean, they had like a ring set up, and it looked, it looked as professional as a backyard yeah. match could be. Um, so, he does, he runs, he jumps out of the ring, does Ricochet's finisher, jumping out of the ring, off the yeah. top rope. Yeah, And there's a dude laying on a, a, a door that's rested between two, uh, what do they call them? What, horses? Yeah. Yeah, and he puts the guy through the table and wins the match that way. Uh -huh. It was pretty. It was a pretty impressive feat of wow. athleticism. He did a six thirty. Yeah, like how Ricochet does a four fifty. Is that what he does? Well, Ricochet does the six thirty. His finish. Oh, off the okay. top rope. Yeah, yeah. 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 But so this guy, guy jumped did... over the top rope to do it. Oh my god! It was dude. nuts. Nuts. Does this man have no fear? Apparently not. <laughs> and it was. It was. He hit it clean too. Well, that's insane. I gotta. I'll check that out later. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was all over the place on wrestling Twitter this morning. Um so, uh, anyways, so if Mox 
decides after a year, no, nah, I'm not into this all elite stuff. They're just as goofy as, as WWE is. Um, I want out. He has that option now, which is smart business move on his part. Um, I guess he's learned from his experience at WWE that you don't want to tie yourself down with long-term commitments if you have any hesitancy about the quality of the product uh, putting out there. That being said, uh, I would think after his match against Joey Janela, he's probably going to feel pretty good about his lot right now in all elite wrestling. Oh, yeah. I mean, he made a event at Fighter Fest. Mm-hmm. You know, I could. that's just like when he talked on the Jericho podcast. His whole thing was, I can do anything. I can do whatever I want now. And I'm sure, you know, with this first year in AEW and then after that, there's tons of stuff that he can do because he has the market for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, if he wants to go film a movie, he can go film a movie. He can do anything. Mm-hmm. You know, if he can make cameo on TV shows, he can go work for any other company if he feels like it. And that's just something that I'm sure he always wanted, like, if he can just opt out on a whim. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can't really do that with WWE because no. they have to control a lot of the things you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have, for liability reasons, for sure. But with him, you know, his personality is so spontaneous. Yeah. I can see that, yeah, he's probably like, if I don't like it, I want out. Yep, you totally. Know, just one year. One year is not that long at all. No. Yeah, he's he's got all the leverage uh, right now as far as his career. Um, another interesting bit from this Raja report, um, they said, quote, when Moxley initially decided to leave WWE, he had told both Vince McMahon and Paul Levesque that he was intending to take a year off to heal his body and his brain, so the assumption was that he would be returning to the company in 2020. In fact, the source adds that WWE was so sure that Moxley would be back in the WWE they had already planned for some tentative creative for his comeback at the Royal Rumble next year. It's not even a full year, though. That's weird because he was out for nine months mm-hmm. with the bicep tear, bicep yeah. tear yeah. and then he had that staph infection. Mm-hmm. So in a sense, like, why would he say to them, oh, I want to take another long extended break? I mean, one obviously is for injury, but then it's like he needs another one mentally and physically when he just came back. Mm-hmm. I mean, that to me just kind of says that. They weren't really planning on anything with him, mm-hmm. and he knew that right away. Mm-hmm. So, on them, on that assumption from them, that's kind of ignorant. Oh yeah, that's super ignorant. It is. It is. And it's also taking your talent for granted. And you're like, okay, yeah. there's no other place that's a large enough platform for Dean Ambrose. There's no way he's going anywhere else. Yeah, he's, he'll take some time off. He'll come back. Yeah. Um, and it's the assumption that, you know, the WB views themselves at least have for a long time ever since they uh, bought WSW as the only game in town, really. Yeah, exactly. But it's weird, too, because they they point out the existence of AEW, whether it was Sammy saying it in front of the crowd yeah. or it was Stephanie McMahon pointing it out backstage. Mm-hmm. Like, but obviously AEW wasn't really a thought when Moxley was around. So I'm sure at the time they're like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. Let him take a year off. Let him, you know, pour his oars out the water. You yeah. know, <laughs> like. But then now it's, you know, he played it well. Yeah, you know, he didn't do anything to burn any bridges. I nope. mean, maybe he kind of done the Jericho podcast, but like, yeah, maybe. he he conducted himself professionally enough to where he said, "No, I don't want to resign. I want to do something else." Yeah, and he never alluded to what that was. And obviously now we know what it is. Mm-hmm. But like he he said in the Jericho podcast. He wasn't, that wasn't really on his mind. He even, he said if there's no more promotions left, he would go make one of his own and start from scratch and just train whoever. Just do his own thing. It's a pretty ambitious. Yeah, it is. It is. And by all accounts, like, you know, he's, 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 he's been smart with his money. Mm. He's not doing this for financial gain per se. He's just doing it because he wants to do it. He just wants to do it. 
I'm sure the money's good for him. Oh, I life. loved it when he said, like, let's say hypothetical. Let's say they offered me $10 million. What am I going to do with $10 million? I paid off my truck. Bought my mom's house. Bought my own house. What, what, do, you, what do I need, need that money for? What do I need that money for? I know. That was pretty funny. That was awesome. So uh, it'd be interesting to see in 2020. Like, you know, it's it's so far, it's been going good for Mox and AEW. Great match against Janela at Fighter Fest. He's going to be in a – he's got a program with Kenny Omega right now. That's It's going to be a hell of a match at All Out. And, uh, yeah, so long as, as they can keep up the momentum with him, he's given the creative freedom to do what he wants to do. Um, and he he's still seemingly offered a bit of flexibility when they're not busy. He can go to Japan and work some dates. I'm sure he can do some indie stuff. I know he did some stuff for Northeast Wrestling. I yeah. think he had a match against Pentagon Jr. is having a match against Pentagon Jr. coming up. Um, so I'm guessing uh, if they can find that sweet spot that balances his obligations to All Elite, he can still do some extracurricular stuff that tickles his fancy. Yep. Uh, he'll be he'll be totally happy. That's cool. Yeah, I'm sure getting paid a pretty decent chunk of change for it. Speaking to somebody who's probably making a pretty decent chunk of change these days, Good Brothers. Yes. Maybe. Uh, news broker earlier this week via PW Insider, quote, the belief is that Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, Bullet Club, have agreed to terms on new WWE deals but may not have signed them yet. All signs were that the duo would be exiting this fall when their current deals expired as they had turned down some lucrative five-year offers from the company. At the time, those close to the duo had pointed to the creative um, as a major reason as why they were looking to exit. It would appear being placed in a top heel group with AJ Styles. May have changed that. I wonder if AJ's name was in the Bullet Club thing. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't recall. Um, we have not been able to confirm they have actually signed the deals. Uh, Meltzer in the newsletter this week spoke about that as well, more or less saying the same thing. Um, they've either agreed to or actually have signed new contracts long-term, probably five-year deals. Um, and uh, it's interesting that, you know, it seemed, all signs seem to indicate they were out the door. They were probably going to All Elite, given their history with uh, the Young Bucks um, going back to the Bullet Club days. Uh, but it seems like the pull of huge dollars from WWE, plus maybe working with AJ Styles, assuming they don't break him up again via some draft or superstar shakeup, which yeah. they shouldn't have done the first time. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll be sticking around WWE for another five years. Um, and you know what? If that's what that's what makes them happy, more power to them. Yeah. Um, as excited as I would have been to see them in All Elite actually apply their in-ring abilities to the fullest, because I really feel like we're seeing a fraction of what they can do in WWE ring. Yeah, they're really not exposing them as much as they should as mm -hmm. far as like talent goes. Mm -hmm. I wonder, though, how old... I know Gallows is actually not that old. He's, he's like 35. Yeah, he's like 35. And then how, how like Carl Anderson's probably... 39. 39, okay. And then AJ's in his 40s. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure... Like, if these guys sign, like, a five-year deal, like, I can see Carl probably hanging it up after the five-year yeah. deal, maybe, and then, like, AJ probably, he'll probably finish out the rest of his yeah, career. Yeah, that's what he said. WB. He said his, this deal's his last one. And then, one. like, Luke Gallows, I mean, I'm wondering what he's going to do when that time's know. up. I don't know. He has, a, he has a wrestling school. Oh, and he has a tattoo parlor. Yeah, yeah. So, he's invested his money pretty wisely yeah. with what he's doing. So, I mean... It's it's interesting to see because, like you said, it looked like they were on their way out. Mm -hmm. It seemed like they're like, you know, we they they haven't gave us gave us anything creative wise. Like, you know, I mean, they have a whole catalog of things they could do for them oh, yeah. because of the Bullet Club. And yeah, them as a unit there. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. This will be interesting because, like I like you said, we haven't seen a fraction of what they really could do. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, when they first debuted, you know, in the L.A. show at Raw, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dude, they were like awesome. And mm-hmm. I even, I even remember, I because th- I think, where was I when that happened? I don't know if I was in development or not, but there was talk that they were showing up around the performance center, so we didn't oh, even yeah, know when yeah. they were coming in. Yeah. And then when we saw them come in and just who they who was it the Usos? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. That was pretty cool. And that set a precedence that these guys are here to kick ass. Yeah. And take the titles and be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And then it just slowed down like not too long after that. I know. And it just really once they split up the club is when is when they started losing steam. They yeah. Had a, they had a tag title run going to Mania, but that was everybody remembers that match because the Hardys came back. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it was, it was, it's 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 a series of missed opportunities. It has been uh, for the club for Gallows and Anderson. Gallows and Anderson. Yeah. Um, so hopefully now that they got some some sweet new deals, I hope um, there's some good creative laid out that will hopefully be adhered to going forward with the there's the renewed partnership with AJ Styles. Those guys all have great chemistry. Yeah. Um, the first run together was tons of fun when AJ was shooting with John Cena. Yeah. Um, hopefully we can see something comparable to that with short term Ricochet. Long term, whoever else that might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder if the, the another reason why these guys signed is because, like, they, you know, I don't know if, I think Luke Gallows might have a family. I'm not sure if he does or not. I don't know either. Carl Anderson. Carl does. Anderson yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Same with AJ. Yeah. So a lot of the times these guys are going to resign. They'll have new contracts that allow them to work lesser dates so that they can stay with their families. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, I, I think look at Carl's like Instagram or something. He's got like four, yeah, boys, three or four kids. Three or yeah. four kids. Yeah. I mean, you have to think about their future, you know, why they're doing this. So a lot of the reasons, like, we'll get a steady paycheck. You know, if they're under contract, this is the amount they might get. Yeah. Obviously, they're looking towards the future more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I mean. I mean, based on uh, social media, Carl Anderson looks like he's got a pretty sweet house. It's like yeah. in front of the lake or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think he lives in Ohio. I think so. Yeah. Little house off, you know, in Ohio. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Good for them. Bummer, they're not going to all AEW. But anyways, that's yeah, just me, that's just me selfishly saying that. I know. Well, you're you're an AEW guy. Well, I'm kind of I'm kind of the cheerleader here. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm I'm whatever. Any anybody. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I just want good. I I I all like AEW. And I like WWE. I just want yeah. good wrestling. Yeah. Um, I'm the same. And way. I want talent op- given an opportunity to make good money and good opportunity to showcase their skills. That's all I really care about. Yeah. Um, and recently, I just feel like AEW's been done a better job of that. Yeah. Um. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. All right, this is this is interesting reporting here from uh, the the Wrestling Observer himself. Dave yes, Meltzer coming up Dave here. Meltzer, who I've met a few times. I shook his hand once. Um, so, uh, come, <laughs> do you do like the Superman two thing when you shook it? Oh, because he was so strong. Yeah, no, <laughs> he was sitting ringside at PWG during intermission oh, with his okay. notepad, and I was going to get a bottle of water, and it's like, oh, Dave Meltzer's there. Hi, Dave. Thanks for your work. That's all I said. I did see him though at at, at uh, Starcast One. I was going up into the lobby to do something, and he was walking down the stairs to go work out. Yeah, and he had his 
his his wristbands on. Nice. Like he was expecting like a, a squat a squat rack. Oh yeah. I don't know if they had the hotel gym. I'm guessing not a full squat rack. I don't think they have a lot of a lot of hotels carry squat racks. So he was uh, he looked like he was intent on having a serious leg day. <laughs> squat rack, you, deadlifts, all that kind of stuff. Um, anyways, the so word coming out of Raw this week that uh, backstage the vibe was more or less largely what it has been. We heard that Heyman was sitting next to Vince at gorilla position, um, but there didn't, didn't necessarily seem to be any overall huge seismic changes backstage in terms of how the show was conducted. However, what we saw in front of us did have a different tone. It felt dialogue felt snappier. Uh, Corey Graves said a cuss word. Yeah, um, and we saw uh, some new storylines introduced some of which uh, kind of harken back to uh, early aughts if you will and according apparently according to dave uh paul was responsible for pretty much all of that and uh, there's a, a really good reason why they're doing that and it's to appeal to a a, a a very specific demographic that being teenage viewers um and wb like their average or the median can't remember which one it is yeah um uh, viewer you know like in the attitude there is all college guys yeah watching yeah. the attitude era yeah and now like the average viewer is like 50 years old so they need to get younger in terms of their viewership yeah um and that's one of the reasons that we had all the explosions during the opening of the show including Corey saying holy shit um uh, why there is an angle between mike and maria canellis um and uh also according to the wrestling observer newsletter uh Heyman was responsible for the street profits making the appearance what he has to say Quote, the Street Profits coming were a, were a Heyman move. A new booker always wants to introduce new talent again. Heyman clearly wants new talent that he believes will appeal to younger fans. Ricochet also falls in this category, and his beating Styles first last week is in a way uh, for him to re... To, sorry, I can't read it right now. To be elevated past the 50-50 mid-card, they debuted holding the NXT tag titles. From a technical standpoint, this was Heyman asking for them for television but they are still considered not on Raw, but as NXT talent and will continue to work NXT house shows while doing TV on Monday. So I guess it's kind of similar to how Aleister Black, Ricochet, and for a time Gargano and Ciampa were called up where they just mm-hmm. show up on, on television, but yeah. otherwise still work in NXT. So that's, I said that, that the other day. I was like, the reason why they have them there showing the NXT titles is to show, hey, here are NXT stars. Where do you see them? You have mm-hmm. to go to the network to watch them. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that right away when they came in with the titles. And people were like, is this their Raw debut? Is this them falling on the main? No. They're mm-hmm. just showing the personalities that they have on NXT. Yep. It's it's easy. That's the first thing that came to my head. Yeah. And their their energy and personality is, 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 is something. If you want to inject some youthful energy into a program, bring in the Street Profits. Yeah, exactly. I mean, some people were dogging on... Their, that segment with them. Oh, that was great. I, I thought it was great. I think it's a lot of people are looking way too into it. What it was, it's just them being themselves. Totally. Or they're you know they're showing their personality. Mm-hmm. It's not. I mean, don't take it like, oh my god, this is horrible. Look, they, they they don't make any sense. They don't need to make sense for that episode at all because they never. It wasn't a debut. It was just showing them. This is the champs in NXT, just like you said when they brought Ricochet and they had Ulster Black and Gargano and Ciampa. Mm-hmm. I mean, different scenario when they came up, but like I said, if anything, they're just showing what they have in NXT at the yeah. moment. Yeah, so. totally. Uh, Melser also noted in this week's uh, newsletter that apparently the uh, change, at least for a week, made a difference 
saying, quote, but the key was the show with all the gimmicks, shocks, and special effects. He was really, he was really into the pyro. Yeah. He wrote a lot about that, saying it's like Hollywood-level special effect pyro. Wait, Meltzer liked the pyro? Yeah, he was, really, he was really putting over the pyro in the newsletter. Oh, he must have had a great 4th of July. Maybe, event. maybe. Or he just, <laughs> you know, that, that was his 4th of July. I don't know. Um, <laughs> continuing, led to a huge increase in viewers under the age of 35 and teenagers, the group hardest to reach, grew big in the second hour and still increased in the third hour. And we're up 37.5% from the prior week. That's a pretty huge jump. Yeah. And that's something else. If you can get people who are usually used to consuming their entertainment on one of these things mm -hmm. to sit down in front of the television and actually watch. Later on, he goes into the numbers a bit more. And it seems to indicate that it wasn't so much that uh, teenage viewers or any of the demographics they saw an increase were people who were going in to their respective rooms or whatever, turning on the TV themselves. It was a situation, I guess, based on Nielsen readings, where it was uh, viewership per household was up. Yeah. So it was a situation where maybe the people's folks were watching wrestling and they came across something. And was like, oh, this looks interesting. I sat down and started watching yeah. it. Yeah. And that's the thing. A lot of saying Heyman and having Bischoff, it's, it was that, okay, new excitement. That's all it was. Mm -hmm. So it's keeping fans that don't normally watch as much to tune in because of that very reason. Yeah. And then I said this earlier, like the other day, what they need, the biggest things that they need to happen is having that first hour be really good. And then, so that most of the people can carry on into that third hour. Mm -hmm. Like that's, those are the main keys. Yeah. Yeah. Hot first, second hour, you know, it's good. They had an increase because that carries over mm -hmm. obviously to the third hour. And, so, that's, and that's word of mouth too. If it's a good, if it's a good first hour and people start talking about it and people start, Sharing the gift yeah, of all yeah. the explosions, open the show on yeah. Twitter. People, I want to check it out. And then, if you got a hook, end of the second hour to lead a third. That's exactly. Hopefully, it. you have some audience retention. Yeah. Um, still, a difficult part is is you know uh, the was eighteen forty nine demographic is is always the most prized because that's apparently the one that has the most disposable income. Yep. Um, and you know, teenage viewers, as I said, they uh, uh, consume their entertainment in vastly different ways than we did when we were that age. Yep. I mean, we didn't have smartphones when, no, we, were, no. and when we were teens and 20s. No, the, like, those kids are on their phones constantly, mm -hmm, no matter mm -hmm. what it is. So it's like keeping their attention for three hours. Mm -hmm. That's a really tough thing to do. Yeah. So for them to find ways to get those kids off the phones to watch the TV or whatever, that's that's a huge deal. It is, it is. It's tough. And at least, like, one of the things I, was, I found encouraging about bringing in Heyman to head Raw is that I know he's... He's had his ear to the ground forever. He's pretty in tune with what's going on uh, pop culture-wise in the world of wrestling. He's a really smart, savvy dude. Um, and uh, apparently the Bischoff, like, he doesn't hardly even pay attention to wrestling anymore. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting seeing what he can come up with after he gets caught up to speed in terms of uh, uh, matching Heyman creatively. Yeah. I but mean, maybe – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to kind of say – with Bischoff, I mean, like you, you said earlier, like he's more of the guy that can work better with like Fox yeah, executives. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know how much input he's actually going to have creative wise. Mm -hmm. I mean, that might be something to where the team over at Raw might carry over for SmackDown for that case, especially if that most likely would be the role for Bischoff. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, I have no idea yeah. for that in that regards how much control he's going to have creative wise. I mean, it's SmackDown is the shorter show, and in a lot of regards, it's not as big as Raw. But now that it's going to be on Fox, Fox yeah. it's going to turn into that main show. So, it'll, I'm curious to see what they're going to do if if Heyman's going to double duty 
as the main dude in Raw and then like the co-creative guy yeah, yeah, as far yeah, yeah, as like yeah. SmackDown goes? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know either. It's going to be interesting to see. I guess uh, Bischoff's not really going to start taking the reins until after Extreme Rules. Yeah, that, yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what comes out of that. Um, do you want to talk about the G1 shows coming up Saturday a little bit? You going to try to watch it? Uh, I have my own show on Saturday. That's right. So I, I most likely will not be able to watch any I'm, of the G1. Yeah, I won't be able to watch it live. I don't have access. Hopefully yeah. it's on New Japan World on yeah. Sunday. And if so, then I will. If not, then I have to wait. Yeah, I got my own match. So. Oh, yeah. Let, let's plug that now. It's at, uh, this Saturday, right? Yeah, this Saturday, the Colonial Theater at 630. It's the Virgil Flynn Show Legacy. We lost our really good friend, uh, Virgil Flynn, last year. He was kind of the heart of Northern California wrestling, mm-hmm. and he was well known throughout, you know, the entire state as far as like you know, guy journeyman guys who've been around forever. I mean, mm-hmm. he was in the first, uh, man, what's that? What was that show? Global Force. Yeah, he was he, in the internet uh, title match. Yeah, he like was that. like in the yeah. the very first internet title match. Awesome guy, great mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. He has a lot of students that he was teaching right before his passing. So, if you guys are in the Northern California area, Sacramento, Bay Area, wherever in California, please, tomorrow, don't just attend the show because I'm wrestling. That's, you know, go to the show to support Virgil Flynn. I believe a lot of the um, the proceeds for the show is going to go to Virgil's family. So, you guys, do yourselves a favor. Go watch the show. There's mm-hmm. a lot of good talent in, you know, that are going to be at the show. I mean, you'll see me there, obviously, taking on – Super Beast and Drake Frost and mm-hmm. Triple Threat. Big Hoss match. You know, everyone in this match at least weighs over 250. <laughs> you know, I think Frost weighs 330. And oh, wow. I know uh, Super Beast weighs like maybe 250, 260. Yeah, he's, he's a large dude. So, that, yeah, three big dudes just yeah. going at it. So, Much if you guys have a chance, show starts at 630. Sacramento, Colonial Theater. Show up. You know, if you got nothing nothing else to do, go watch your pal yeah. Cal wrestle. Why not? I'm going to try to be there for sure. Yeah. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Um, G1 is Saturday night. Again, I don't have access, so I can't watch it live. But the card's pretty stacked. You got uh, Okada versus Tanahashi, I think for the first time on American soil, um, renewing their epic, epic rivalry. That should be great. Might be another time limit draw, but it'll still be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Kota Ibushi taking on Kenta. I think this is the first time they've ever wrestled. I could be completely wrong about that, though. Um, Kenta's first match since leaving WWE. Um, he's really making a point of saying, uh, I wasn't allowed to wrestle how I really wanted to in WWE. Now it's, for me, now it's the time for me to really show off what I can do. Mm. Um, after that, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. That'll be great. Yeah. Cold Skull versus Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, next, 
Evil versus Bad Luck Fale. These are all uh, G1 matches, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Um, and then finally, Will Ospreay, who's having maybe the best year of anybody this year, uh, versus Lance Archer. Uh, I think he's he's a, a Texas local. I know he's been in the area promoting the show like all hell. Yeah. Trying to yeah. get a little turnout. I remember he was on um, Colt Cabana's podcast mm. talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you got some uh, undercard matches. You got uh, Jushin Liger, Juice Robinson, and Yano taking on Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. That'll be good. Uh, Yoshihashi, Steve's favorite wrestler. And Hiroki Goto taking on Chase Owens, the crown jewel, and Switchblade Jay White. Uh, Shota Umino and uh, Ishii versus, wait, really? It's a handicap match? Ren Narita, that's getting the card from uh, SE Scoops. Okay. And uh, Rapongi 3K, Show and Yo, stepping up to the uh, tag champs, Tongalo and Tamatanga. Looks like Show and Yo are getting the, the push up to heavyweight potentially, oh, which nice. is good because the heavyweight tag division in New Japan is pretty thin right now. Really? It's, it's Grill as a Destiny and Evil and Sonata, and that's pretty much it. Nice. Yeah. So Yo and Show are pretty jacked, especially for junior heavyweights. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, who you got winning the G1 this year? Uh, dude, I have no idea. I'm going to go with Will Ospreay. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I think I, – because, like you said, he's having a great year. And, like, he says he wants to be the guy. He's ready to be the guy. He moved to mm-hmm. Japan mm-hmm. for that very reason. I think he knows where he belongs the most for the time being. Uh, and he's so awesome, man. Yeah, I watched him and I watched him and Cobb go at it at one of the Ring of Honor shows. It was amazing. Oh yeah, it was a good show, dude. It was, it was, good match it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was a good match. So, and 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 obviously he he's feeling himself too because you know we're gonna talk about it here in a bit his little Twitter battle with him and uh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. So I I think this is Will Ospreay's year, man. He's he's awesome. Not a bad pick. Yeah. Not a bad pick. I'm still trying to decide between Kota Ibushi and Tetsuya Naito. I kind of feel like Naito is the, probably going to be the guy. I don't. I know the, the, the relationship between All Elite and New Japan isn't that great right now. However, uh, I, I would be surprised if, if New Japan wants the option of their back pocket of doing Kota Ibushi versus Kenny Omega at the Tokyo Dome this year. That'd be amazing. It's a match I, I'm, I'm guessing they both want. Yeah. They've wanted for a while. Yeah. Didn't happen while Kenny was in New Japan. Yeah. He has in his contract that he can do a match there, uh, assuming it fits in his schedule. Um, to have that option, it might not happen this year, yeah. but it'll probably happen. Somewhere. I will. I will say on like speaking of Kenta, because um, I knew him as Hideo Tommy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we both hurt our shoulders the same exact time. And when he said he didn't wrestle the way he wanted to wrestle in WWE, and he just had a string of bad luck when it came to in- when it came to injuries, you know, and like his style is very, you know, strike heavy, and you know he's not a high flyer or anything, but. Kenna is he's an awesome guy, mm-hmm. and me and him we we rehabbed our shoulders like close to the same exact time, so I mean he's one of my good buddies. So if he claims that he wasn't allowed to do, I'm sure a lot of it was because of the injuries. It could be. So part of the reason why I think they held him back is because he was getting hurt, mm-hmm. and when you get hurt almost to a point, they're gonna try to keep you as healthy just for and right in your style a little bit probably. Huh? Yeah, yeah, just for those reasons alone. So. Yeah. I'm. I hope he does really well. Kenta is an awesome guy. Any like where I read that he still lives in the United States. Yeah, like, he that's, still wants to live he's here. He's just yeah. gonna still live here. Yeah, he's a he's one. Of, he's a good dude, man. Yeah. I really like him a lot. Um, uh, he was. I, I didn't read the whole interview, but he was talking about how uh, they weren't they wouldn't let him do the GTS. He says move I invented. I mean, I don't know if that was just strictly after he he broke uh, or. 
Kendrick got his orbital bone broken taking the move or not. I don't know. Ah, uh, no, man. Well, great. You know what's going to happen if I ever go to WWE? They're going to take away my finisher because it's a similar to the GT. Great. This is great. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I hope not. I love that move. It's a great move. <laughs> That's my move. It's a great move. <laughs> Be, be like him. He's like, I invented the GTS, and now they won't let me use it. No, they won't let me. That sucks, dude. And you got like, you got your move. You 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 make your name, dropping everybody with that move. You get back there, and they're like, Yeah, sorry, you can't do that. Can't. That that happens a lot with a lot of guys though, where they have like this really distinguished finish, and they it's either they came up with it or like they have a concept of their own finish, and it gets taken away. That happens a lot That's with a lot of guys. So. Is that why Sammy couldn't do the uh, the brain buster on the top turnbuckle anymore? Oh, I'm sure. And it just looks terrifying. It does look terrifying. That, that move looks horrible. And it's like, I think also, where who's he going to hit that on that can take that move? Yeah, no, it's, diff- it's a different landscape in WWE when, yeah. when everybody's pretty huge. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't think I can see him hitting on. Yeah. What is interesting, and this is kind of a, a, a side conversation here, but maybe you know something about this. So uh, Samoa Joe had that unfortunate accident with uh, Tyson Kidd with the, the muscle buster. Yeah. Um, during a dark match. Yeah. In NXT, they still let him do it, though. Yeah. After that. Mm-hmm. Once he got the main, it was like, no way. Yeah. Seemingly. Yeah. Um, is it a situation where in NXT, maybe they they can rehearse the matches a lot more? But that just kind of seemed like a freak thing with Tyson Kidd. I think it was kind of a freak thing because, like, for instance, Tyson Kidd's been wrestling for years, mm-hmm. long, long time. And it was a freak thing that would it happen with Samoa Joe because I also saw Samoa Joe hit the same move on Riddick Moss, who's been wrestling way longer than Tyson Kidd. Like maybe like Riddick was probably maybe two years, mm-hmm. and he gets hit with the same move. Yeah, I don't know if it was just you know. Also, too, all the rings are different. That's true. I slammed a guy the other day, and he he got hurt from the slam because one of the boards was uneven in the ring. So you got to be careful about how rings are set up. And it just takes one of the guys not to put the board down the right way mm-hmm. for someone to get slammed and something can get bad. Messed, something yeah. back can get yeah. something back could happen. Yeah. Uh, I do know the NXT rings are a lot different than you would see at like house shows hmm. and like because a lot of the time they do TV tapings they layer those rings up with a bunch of canvases yeah. because what they will do in between sets, like when they go to the next episode, they untie mm-hmm. one of the canvases, yank that one out, mm-hmm. and then you'd have another one under it. Mm-hmm. So they layer like maybe three or four layers Just of canvases. Another, on, like half inch of padding on yeah, there. Yeah, like another. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what the, that ring scenario was. And this mm-hmm. is a real thing. Like they, we, when training, we, they talk about that. Like, if something breaks or snaps in the ring, you have to work around it until they're able to fix it after the match. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just, oh, time out, something's wrong with the ring, we mm-hmm. gotta wait. It's mm-hmm. like, no, you got you just have to carry on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was a case where something with yeah. the ring was janky, their timing was off. I mean, that type of stuff happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about, you know, you sometimes you gotta call an audible and you gotta work around stuff a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really know what that scenario was as far as like, you know, they took away that move and Muscle Buster's awesome. It is. It's really awesome. So it is really awesome. Yeah. Um you mentioned the Seth Rollins story. This is our our, our feel good story to end and the, the news part of the show before we go to questions. 
Um, and we talked about this quite a bit last week where Seth was just going on. He was on fire on Twitter. He yeah. was burning it down. Yeah. Burn it. Um, yeah. You know, talking up WB, talking up himself, hyping up the locker room, saying that WB was the best pro wrestling uh, in the entire world. Um, and then he took it to Will Ospreay after Will Ospreay was like, hey, I'll, you know, I'm alive. I, I, I'm Because he said, nobody alive you. can do what I do. And then he writes, Will Ospreay writes, well, I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm in the same league as you, Seth. And he made some some jab about him, Seth, having more money or something like that. Seth did. Anyways, uh, a couple of days ago, that's what Seth tweeted. Quote, after a few days of sitting on it, I'd like to apologize to Will Ospreay for the tweet I sent his way about comparing bank accounts. It was dumb of me and not in line with my values. The moment I pressed the send button, I knew it was trash, but I'm too stubborn for my own good. He continued in, in two other tweets. <laughs> I stand firm my sentiments that WWE is the best pro wrestling on the planet and I'm the best of the best doing it right now. After a hell of a week of travel, our crew didn't waver for a second. Top-level humans busting their asses for the love of the game. I couldn't be more proud to be champion with this company, represent WB and the entire industry in the way it deserves. No more garbage tweets. I can and will do better. Will responded, uh, quote, apology accepted. Just buy me some Nandos. Uh, winky face. Uh, honestly, nothing but respect for you, sir. Just a bit of banter in my mind. I've followed your career since you were Tyler Black. I know it's not all the money and it's about the love. Keep flying your flag and having fun. Um, and just, I mean, like the stuff between Will and Seth just seemed like friendly trash talk. Yeah. It didn't really seem like anything more than that. Yeah. I don't, you know what happened? Seth was getting a little cocky and then he just reminded, oh, you know what? This is out of my character. I need to be really geeky and nerdy right I now know. and apologize. I know. So, oh, come on, man. I, I was cool with him kind of doing that, you know, talking smack. Yeah. Let's compare bank accounts, bro. Like, yeah, yeah that's no problem at all. I, it's true though, you know. Oh, I know. Like that's the thing, and then, and then obviously they told him to apologize because just it's out of your character, Seth. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Don't be a jerk, Seth. You know, and then he apologized, and then uh, the only issue I took with anything Seth said is not, as far as him saying he's great, locker room's great, best pro wrestling. That's fine. He's he's cheerleading for his company. I have no problem with that. Yeah. It's when he's going around calling people nerds and dorks for being uh, in any way critical. Of WWE, that, like, well, you don't know what's going on there. That, so that part talk? was dumb, especially when you just had Dean Amber, John Moxley, kind of sing the praises of what everyone's been thinking. Exactly. So not just that validating every single yeah, thing, validating it, and then Seth's like no, and then kind of he burns the uh, Mox down a little bit, and an SI interview kind of talks some trash, saying he took his ball and went home. <laughs> yeah, he, his contract ran up. I know. He didn't want to resign. I know. That's whatever, but. I mean, yeah, that, I thought that was pretty funny that they had this little thing. Oh, I thought that was funny, yeah. You know, that's all. And then what happened is Will Ospreay got, like, how many followers after a ton. that? ton. ton after that because of that, which made him more well-known mm -hmm. as far as, like, with the casual viewers that probably don't follow New Japan. Yep. And they're like, well, who's this guy? Will Ospreay. I'm going to give him a follow. Yeah. Oh, my God. This he's, guy's amazing. He's amazing. He does things I never thought were possible. But not a 630 out of the ring through a table. Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, 
and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, let's take some questions. First, we got one from Jeffrey Nguyen. It says, happy birthday, Adam Cole, baby. Hey, happy birthday, Happy Adam birthday, Cole. Adam Hopefully Cole. Hopefully him and Britt Baker have a nice little birthday. Yes, yes. Agreed. Um, next. Oh, I lost my spot. There we go. Uh, VFL, AFL, Football Australian Rules. There's a bit of dusty in Cody's booking. That's one thing Melser mentioned in the newsletter, too, is, is actually that he feels like Cody's taken the page out of, I think he said Eddie Gilbert back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, I guess Cody said he credits the idea that he doesn't use, you said a buffet is what you you, you compare it to, and yep. that wasn't the exact terminology that was used in the newsletter, but it was something mm-hmm. comparable, like a smorgasbord or something. Yeah. It's a little bit of everything for everybody. Yeah. Um, I say buffet because that's what Sammy Callahan says about when he does Rockstar Pro at his promotion. Mm-hmm. It's like a buffet, man. You can get anything you want. We got a little bit of this. We got a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, he's saying like there's a little bit of dusty in Cody's booking as yeah. far as like in Cody's own booking or just in general with like AEW. That's a good question. Because I definitely can tell in AEW that there is kind of everything you want as mm-hmm. far as a promotion goes. And, mm-hmm. like, I can't help my fel- myself. I like to listen to the Cornette podcast to hear what he rambles about. Because, like, you know, a lot of people dog on Cornette, and, in which they should in a lot of reasons. But it's just curious to see what he's going to say about, you know, Fighter Fest. Yeah. And he doesn't get the concept of the buffet. No, he thinks wrestling should be one thing. It should be one, one thing. When thing. It's like, it shouldn't be. It should be a whole bunch of different things. Because exactly. wrestling's art. It's like, whatever kind of match you want, you get. Like, I liked the Nakasawa match with yeah. the, the CEO guy. Because it's like. It was silly. It was supposed to be taken seriously. It, it was, exactly. Yeah, I know. And that's, Corn is so out of touch. And maybe it's in part a lot of, of ways. My, my inner hood slam in me. Because mm-hmm. we do mm-hmm. have a lot of matches mm-hmm. very similar to that. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, if you're entertained and you enjoy it. Just take it for what it is. Like, don't have to... It doesn't have to be two huge men in the ring pretending to fight. Yeah. It can be a lot of different things. I mean, wrestling, it's just two guys in their underwear going at it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's silly, but mm-hmm. it's awesome. Mm-hmm. And you have to take it for what it is. And exactly. I can see where Cody wants a little bit of everything so that everyone could watch a match they will enjoy for that reason alone. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I can definitely see it because Dusty is big on characters. Mm-hmm. Dusty's big on stories and that's what it's all about having a good character having a good story and a lot of the time the wrestling will take care of itself but that regard you will have matches in AEW where there's gonna be more wrestling base there's gonna be a little more character base and then for Cody a lot of story and blood and blood yeah so 
I can see that. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Haggett, hey, friendos, either of you start Stranger Things 3. You were telling me before we started that you had started it. Yes, I did. I started, I watched the first two episodes, and then I watched part of the third. So, yeah, started watching it. Uh, so far, it's okay. A lot of screaming, you told me. A lot. Of, yeah, the, the dude plays the sheriff. Just like he's mad and pissed the whole time, and it's not even about like the situation with the 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 what are those creatures are the gourmet demi I don't even know. Yeah, but yeah, he's always pissed. So, uh, I mean, so far it's pretty good. Yeah, but obviously later when I get home, I'll probably watch a little bit more. You know, it was okay. I'm still you know. I reserve any more judgment on it until you until you finish until the I season. Finish it, Got then you. I'll, then I'll we'll revisit it on Monday, maybe. Yeah. Uh, hi, Mason. This is Elias from Discord here. Uh, for some reason, I don't see the whole pull behind the young bucks' heels. Besides annoying, that's kind of their heel persona. It's just kind of annoying. Um, it kind of has been since when, as long as I've been familiar with their heel work. I mean, in New Japan, they were heels. Oh, really? Yeah, and they were just screaming, talking trash the entire time. Suck it! Suck it! Yeah. During matches or during moves. Uh, the man of constant sorrow, Elias. I'm actually going to the G1 kickoff tomorrow. Awesome. That's cool. Have a blast. A uh, couple of uh, New Japan shows I've been to have been awesome. Uh, Dylan again. Can you guys assign steps to the ER card? Oh, to the match card at Extreme Rules? Beyond the stipulations already announced? I have to use the, this keyboard here. You can think something like a different keyboard. It may make a huge difference. Yeah. <laughs> but it does. To actually watch what I'm typing. Yeah. Sure. All right. Let's see. Extreme rules. This is what's the card so far. Well, the Seth and Becky versus Baron and Lacey Evans match. That already has a stipulation. That's extreme rules. Uh, Taker and Reigns taking on Shane and Drew. That's no holds barred. All right. What's a good... Uh, we've heard a ladder match maybe for Kofi versus Joe. That would make sense. Yeah. Because then that uh, way no one has to take a pin. Uh, Bailey versus Alexa Bliss. That should be the kendo stick on a pole match again. Oh Revisit God. that one. No, <laughs> I was there for. The, I mean, I, I, that was terrible. Oh, it that looked was awful. Because Bailey's like, should I hit her? But it's out of my character. That's why they needed it again. Where Bailey had I don't no. Wanna, I just want to give hugs. No second thought. Just Bailey, you're done with a hugger. You her. said to Sasha Banks, "You ain't shit." You ain't shit. That That's the kind of attitude I want my Bailey. So she needs to take that kendo stick and just. Yeah. Wallop Alexa. Uh, next, Drew Gulak taking on Tony Nese. It'd be cool if this was a submission match, even though I know Tony Nese isn't exactly noted for his submission expertise. And neither was Stone Cold against Bret Hart. That's true. Uh, and then the only other match announced, uh, Daniel Bryan and Rowan taking on the New Day, taking on Heavy Machinery. Uh, yeah, Tucky! Otis, little brother. Little maybe, brother Otis. It'd be cool if they did like an elimination tag match where it wasn't so much... Like if one person gets eliminated, then that yeah. team's out. Yeah. Just have like a three-quarter, essentially like a, a Survivor Series type of thing mm -hmm. where one member of the team can eliminate, but the other team member's still in there. That would be great because I know in the end it would be Biggie, Daniel Bryan, and Otis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That would be the final three. And especially if you have if you really want to get some some baby face heat on Odie, Otis, I mean. Yeah. Uh, have, have Tucky taken out relatively early. Yep. And have him have be in several situations where he has to clean house. Yeah, giving out left hand lariats. Exactly, doing caterpillars and everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, Logan M. Am I the only one who thinks an edgy uh, show sounds cringy as hell? PG wasn't a problem as much as stagnation and dilution at upper levels with competition. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the 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 television rating is an issue per se. Um, it's just you can do interesting creative stuff within the confines of TV PG or TV fourteen, wherever yeah. the heck they're at. 
uh, a family friendly approach, but he's totally right. Just creatively there. It was, it was inert, not interesting. Um, that's really the issue. But if they really want to appeal to, if they think, uh, having an edgier product will appeal to that demographic and they need that demographic to improve their ratings and their, and their viewership numbers. And I guess that's what they're going to do. Um, is, you know, is, is you always worry when they do salacious stuff, they're going to do something that's cringy. Yeah. I mean, they're, we're, I don't know if we're going from the PG era to the WTF era. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what the? Yeah, like, really? I don't know. What is going on? Oh, okay. The whole Mike and Maria stuff kind of came out of left field. Yeah, that was like a big WTF. Like, a little what? bit, yeah. What the? Yeah. Uh, the villain, Alan Black, they should have Matt Hardy win the 24-7 title and defend it the Hardy compound. That's a good idea. That would be cool. Especially his history with Drake Maverick. Oh, you can have uh, King Maxwell his, pin Drake and be again, the 24-7 champion. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's... That's a great idea because they've been doing so much offset stuff with that title mm-hmm. and it would be hilarious to see our truth at the Hardy compound. Oh, that'd be great. Especially like if they had broke, I know woken, whatever I'm going to call him broken Matt Hardy, broken Matt Hardy with our truth and mm-hmm. see how they like talk. And like, I think our truth lives in North Carolina. Oh, okay. So like it wouldn't be that far of a, of a travel or a trek for him mm-hmm. to do all that stuff. It would mm-hmm. be awesome. That would be pretty cool. God, that'd be great. They need to do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, Norgangi was asked, wasn't the third hour of Raw supposed to be different? That lasted about a week and a half, um, which was a huge disappointment. Because I liked when they, that, that bit where they, they dropped the house lights down so it made it feel more like a house show in yeah. the arena. They simplified the graphics, so it was just the raw logo on black background, that kind of stuff. I yeah. thought that was really cool. Well, it's just like at NXT when they do tapings yeah. and takeover. They dim down the lights. It changes the ambience in the show, and it just it makes it, it gives it that big fight feel. Because mm-hmm. I know like the UFC, they do the exact same thing. Yeah. They dim down the lights. They put all the focus in the ring. Yeah. So. I mean, back in the Attitude Era when they let you have signs. Then they would they would keep the house lights on yeah. pretty much the so whole time. Can see the signs and stuff. But uh, nowadays, where either it doesn't happen or they don't let it happen. They don't bring a lot of signs in because there's always a chance someone's going to have a sign that's going to take away from the show or just yeah. draw attention elsewhere. Yeah. So. But also, I wonder if that's a measure of enthusiasm level too from the audience. That too, because that takes time to put together like a it really does. awesome sign. Remember the first night show? First, well, the first show I went to was Raw in Davis in early '98. And that was kind of most, I didn't know what to expect. It was yeah. crazy. And I mean, so like, where, where did they have it in Davis? At the event center, I think. Okay. That's crazy. It was a little place. Yeah. And then like a month later, we went to Nitro. Yeah. And so we all spent a whole afternoon. We were in college, so we had time. Uh, yeah. We just skipped class probably. Uh, making signs, um, getting crazy for it. Yeah. That was a fun show too. That's that was awesome. the show where uh, Scott Steiner joined the NWO. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Scott Steiner's he, he great. Debuted his his new look. One of my old college coaches coached him in college. Oh yeah, when he's at Michigan. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was like, his uh, he passed away, but his name was Joe Wells, and he was like the assistant coach at Michigan the same time both Scott and Rick were there. So like he gave me a couple funny stories about those guys That's when funny. in college that you can't get anywhere else. Only me because it came go. from Joe Wells. There you go. Who's their old coach at Michigan? That's funny. Coached me for a little bit. All right, I think that's good. That's it for now. Uh, uh, patrons, YouTube channel members, stay tuned. We're going to do Ask uh, Cal and Larson non-wrestling talk. Yes. After this. This will be fun. And then uh, we got something, I think, uh, pretty special planned to shoot later today that's going up on Saturday. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, you guys will have a chance to kind of get to know 
a little bit of my experience when I was how I got picked up for NXT and how all that went. And then yeah, um, as far as like breaking ground goes, I'm not gonna go into that as much. But I will say you guys should go watch Breaking yeah. Ground when yeah. you have the chance. Just to get to know me and you know what the wrestlers kind of went through. Because like it is, it is a uh, it's was it hard knocks the NFLs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's similar to that. Yeah, it is. And the, also the same people I think that did the show Bar Rescue filmed Breaking Ground. Oh, okay. So those, those, that same company did that does yeah. Bar Rescue did the show Breaking Ground, and that I love the show Bar Rescue. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. But um, yeah. If you guys, I will kind of go into that more. But I'll tell you guys how my tryout was, the experience of that, and then going from as a amateur wrestler that didn't know anything to learning how to be somewhat of a NXT guy, mm-hmm. what that process was like. So yeah. yeah, we're gonna that's gonna come out on Saturday. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. We'll do that after lunch today. Yep. Um. Anyways, uh, until then, goodbye. We'll Bye. see you later. Have a good weekend. Be a part of Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy Going In Raw ad-free, gain access to the daily 30-minute Going In Raw post-show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, It can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.